Welcome to the Woken Dead Show with Tom and Jeff. <laughs> all right, we switched up on ourselves there. Thank you all for having yeah, us yeah. tonight. Uh, so, Tom, since we're back, we had our return show last week. It feels good to be back again for yeah. another episode. And yeah, um, I'm excited to be, you know, trying this again. You know, getting back in the saddle of uh, making a show, and yeah, I I think it's kind of exciting because I just have no idea where this year is gonna go. I feel like all of last year, all of my my darkest fantasies came true. That like we, you know. It, it all went about as bad. I mean, with the exception of um, Biden winning, because I didn't think he was going to win. Um, I'm glad that he did. But I just thought it was all going to go much worse. Yeah. <laughs> I thought oh. Trump was going to win again, despite it all. Um, uh, yeah. So how, how are you feeling about this? Like, getting back to, to, to the making of the show and I, I feel excited I don't know if we even call it a show more so just a recording of our conversations but hopefully yeah, some yeah. will benefit off our conversations <laughs> so uh, no, we'll, well I think we'll we'll improve over time and I think you know sometimes I think just the act of doing is its own sort of learning process and so even if nobody's listening to this <laughs> it's all right <laughs> um i think it's i think it's just good um maybe it's just a kind of therapy that we need <laughs> yeah especially now more than ever and uh i mean i couldn't be more excited about the the, the potential of this new era that we're partaking in where we're hopefully on the tail end of a pandemic and uh, we'll see if we learn anything or not, because as we mentioned, or as I mentioned last week, we have the new old guard returning back into mm -hmm. their position. And uh, it's been, it's been a week now since yes, yes. our Biden's, newly elected president. Biden's first week. Um, you know, I, I was, um, I watched his first press um, uh, briefing uh, thanks to that uh, YouTuber you recommended to me, um, Meet Kevin. Um, yeah, um, so so he kind of gave the intro and, or, you know, gave context and, and, and respond, responded, uh, very uh, kind of neutral, neutral dude. Um, but yeah, I... I mean, the whole, like, her dunking on the former um, or, previ or previous administration a little bit was just kind of like, do we need this? Is this really you unifying the country by, by you know, saying we're bringing back reality? And you know, like, um... anyways, I, so I watched that um, and I feel like, there's a lot of good sense stuff in there. Um, but yeah, one thing that you and I had been talking about is just 
or or that's been on my mind a lot is him hanging up the picture of FDR in his in his office and I feel like maybe we should compare uh, what FDR did in his first hundred days and we should compare that to what we think Biden might accomplish in his first hundred days um so i could just start reading this list do you want to what what are your thoughts about this last week his first his first uh week in office um his first executive actions um and and we can we can look at those too yeah it was kind of scary uh listening to the new press secretary because i've seen her she was a she was in of the State Department, I believe. And she was really dismissive. Um, and it feels as though that we're asking American people wanted to be dismissed again, um, long as it's not with the, 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 the manner that Trump dismisses us, even with, he does sneak in some hidden truths, even though they may be distorted. I feel like we we're asking just to be not told the truth again. And we like it that way. For whatever reason, America doesn't like the truth. And this woman will do really good. What's her name? Jennifer. Like I said, in the State Department, she just sat there and lied and lied and lied all over the time. All, all of the time, I should say. Because um, I remember watching her during the time of when Russia TV um, I know it's controversial, but I like some of those episodes and programming that they have on Russian Today. Uh, and uh, it was it was good seeing her talk to a lot of those reporters during that time. And she's just very condescending. And if there's something that even remotely mentioned truth, she would ignore it and lie, dismiss, and deny. And Jen Psaki. Yes. That is that is the 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 Biden press secretary. Yes, she uh, who I I saw for the first time. <laughs> oh yeah, I saw her for the State Department. If you, you go back, maybe to go back to some of her State Department uh, press briefings, you'll see that she's pretty just as crazy as any other press secretary that we've had in the last ten years or so. So uh, was it normal? Yes, it was normal, but it was normally crazy again. And uh, the words of George Carlin, this is the best we can do, folks. (laughs) It's kind of (laughs) sad. Maybe. I mean, she, you know, it's just like, what are we expecting from these people? They're just, they're just Americans. And I think that's, you know, um, I, I wish we could kind of like, kind of normalize the distance between Joe Biden and Trump, because we want to believe that they're, you know, or we want to believe there's this vast gulf between them, but they're both Americans. Yeah. They're, they, they probably have more in common with each other than you and I or, or have with them. Like, like just because of like, com, you know, completely different age. I think, think the, the, um, what is the, the, uh, the, the term for, uh, you know, the kind of elderly, uh, essentially, or older adults essentially controlling, you know, all forms of leadership in our country. Um, 
I forget what the term is, but um, it, it's not oligarchy. It's like Eldegop or some, something like that. Uh, <laughs> you get where I'm going with it. I get though. what you're going because everybody's old and that is a fucking problem. Nancy Pelosi it like <laughs> looks like she's going to fucking blow away in a breeze. <laughs> yeah, she's been in the game for a very, very long time. Does that make her smarter than everyone else? I think that she's been experienced, but that's like you're you're being experienced as a prostitute on a street. It's really not a good business to be experienced in um, to some people, no offense to sex workers, but um, it's just one of those things that it's not something you're proud of saying that you're experienced in uh, because it's it's not it's not done. In 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 a way where is you're you're honorable you're honored, uh, I mean, even though they yeah. try to make it feel like they're these uh, like prestigious individuals and they are the high classmen, they're really doing nothing but dirty work and inside work. Yeah, there's there's stooges for the you know corporate you know owners of this country the. Um, you know, the, the, the executives, the captains of industry um, who want, you know, less reg- regulation. They want less control over labor. They want, um, you know, they want more for themselves and less for us. I don't know. That's uh, the very simple formula they seem to be operating off of. Um, yeah. And we see that every day where, even now, you talk about Biden being in, he's in for a week. And, you know, he won Georgia with those promises of saying 2K checks. $2,000 checks. But he didn't really state the fine print of what he was saying, where he meant $1,400 on $2,000 asterisk. Yeah. Prices of participation may vary. Void where <laughs> prohibited. Not available in all 50 states. <laughs> Exactly. And now um, he's even walking that back where um, these are mistakes that were made when Obama came in. Obama And now the, the Republicans can sink back into their their favored position of being an opposition party. And then the Democrats can blame everything on them. And then the Republicans can just basically complain the whole time. And this will be the next four years. Right. And I feel now, though, with the rise of Trump, um, it's only a matter of time if the Democrats keep messing up, there will be a rise of someone better than Trump to take the mantle and say, hey, these guys promises promise you the world, but deliver absolutely nothing. But And they take your jobs. So I feel right now, if, they, if he doesn't, capitalize on i mean he's already done more executive orders than any other president alive right now uh by far i think it was up to like 30 executive orders and in comparison to the other presidents who did one or three or seven i believe uh it's is quite alarming 
that we have become almost these, these submissive society where we ask again for our own imprisonment and not understanding what we're signing at the bottom of the page anymore. We're just saying, the orange man gone, we'll sign our life away. And you uh, do whatever of, you think, do. I think a more contemporary version of this is like, yes, I've read the terms and agreements, check this box. You right, know. exactly. Uh, but Take but we don't, we don't read it. We don't read it. <laughs> right, and and I feel we right now- read it. So much work, who has the time to read you know, a fucking book worth of text exactly. just to sign up for this app. <laughs> yeah, no one. I just wanted to use this to make a transaction. And, I just uh, need this ruler. Like, <laughs> that's it. That damn terms and agreement. And I feel right now we've getting hit with terms and agreement where everyone's just trying to get through the day without reading the fine print. And we're going to find ourselves, if not already, really soon in a lot of trouble and a lot of uh, promises not being fulfilled as they were stated out to be. One, we're already seeing the 2K check, now $1,400 check. The mm -hmm. other, uh, you know, I saw he rolled out some the racial equity components, which makes no sense. You know, I, you know, you can't tell me through the audio, but I'm black and it seems as though it feels as Feels is like I, I don't have any criminal record, so how was that really equity for me or anything? I don't I don't understand it. It really kind of reinforces the problem that we have here in America, as opposed to trying to alleviate or come up with some real solutions that can change the culture of how we police our communities. But that's only one component. So. Um, Am I happy with what he's doing? I knew I wasn't going to be because he already said nothing's going to fundamentally change. Yeah. But um, a lot of people will sit back and say it could be worse. And um, we're going to find out what worse really is here in the next couple of months as things changes and progresses back to the old ways where we're going to be intervening in more wars, probably expanding our, our empire and um, our privacy and rights, which a lot of people are starting to feel right now. I think Biden may unify us more in the, the better ways for the people than mm. the, the oligarchs, uh, if, we, if we're careful here. So. He, I mean, he has, he has a real opportunity. I, um, so, you know, I, and, you know, this is a joke, but I'm, I feel like when we're comparing, F, you know, uh, Biden to FDR. Biden put up a portrait of FDR in the Oval Office, so he's obviously taking inspiration from from this former president who was elected four times. Right? Um, uh, uh, Biden is going to do what he does best. He's going to plagiarize. <laughs> he's well, yeah. going to he's going to look at this guy who you know was also in a time, you know, elected during a time of crisis. And so let's, let's look at what Biden has done. And um, like, let's look at some of the executive actions that, you know, I mean, him just, you know, signing a piece of paper to reverse Trump's executive actions. This is just like tug of war stuff. Like, um, 
in in the first week, uh, FDR passed a you know major law, uh, uh, the Emergency Banking Act. We can we can look at that. But first, mm-hmm. first, I'm just gonna like read through um, you know some of Biden's day one. Um, uh, you know, executive orders. So he uh, passed a memorandum freezing approval of rules passed in the final days of the Trump presidency. So just kind of like, uh, we're not going to do all that stuff that he said, uh, just so he could score political points. Um, an executive order rejoining the Paris Climate uh, Agreement on ch- climate change. This is like the bare minimumist that a Democrat could do. The Paris Climate Court is just like... Um, I mean, like, like, hey, what's the least amount we could all, as you know, human beings, do to to fight climate change? It's not enough. Um, let's be honest; it's not enough. Um, he uh, so Biden also passed an executive order to promote racial equity. So he ordered his government to conduct an equity assessment. Is this what you were referring to? Yeah. Uh, the the equity assessment of its agencies and reallocate resources to advance equity for all, including people of color and others who have been historically underserved, marginalized, adversely affected by persistent poverty and inequality. I think great in terms of words, but will we will it ultimately result in in you know the uh, you know what what we would hope those words would result in i'm i might be skeptical that's a good point tom and did i hear you say study of racial equity yeah so so it's in he ordered his government to conduct equity assessments of his agency and reallocate resources to advance equity for all quote advance equity for all including people of color and others who have been historically underserved marginalized and adversely affected by persistent poverty and inequality. So um, we have not actually seen these resources be redistributed because there has not been a, you know, um, a proper, but, but then this is just like a matter of means testing and it does ultimately get into some racist weeds that I kind of worry, like, where's it going to end up? And then I kind of just go back to my, the, the logic that I have carried throughout my life, which is, I think, best stated by Morgan, uh, Morgan Freeman when he's like, just like, stop talking about it. <laughs> like, yeah, like, like just, yeah, there's, there's a component of that that can be relevant. And um, there's another component where it, it was built upon it being talked about for whatever reason. And where, where I hear, you know, for example, I think of James uh, Clyburn and, you know, he was gloating on the news talking oh. about how, uh, how Bush congratulated him. George, the George W. Bush congratulated W. Oh, great. Uh, the top black Democrat in the government. The stating, guy who, like, you know, majorly influenced the outcome of the election. Exactly. By they, basically handing South Carolina to, to Joe Biden. 
of a Republican. And convincing, convincing America, convincing America that the black community is with Joe Biden. The black community throughout America is with Joe Biden, which is not the case. Largely. And you're with George W. Bush now, gloating yeah, about George him. George W. Bush saying you saved this country and he was happy about that and you know i don't know the ins and outs i don't know what he what kind of work he does day to day i've read a lot because about him if george bush was a 30 year old today do you think he would be a republican no same situation he would no people to would be a he would be Pete Buttigieg. Exactly. Um, you know, he would have been raised with every advantage given to him. Every, you know, you, you just see this in like Pete Buttigieg's like very manicured, since you're going to bring him up, just his very manicured um, speech. His, his, his output is just, it just, it feels very much like the male version of whatever Hillary's dysfunction it's is. It's manufactured. Like what, yeah, manufactured. It feels very inauthentic. Um, I. It feels like you're talking to a... If I was in conversation with him, I would feel maybe like I was talking to a, a spreadsheet or a pile of papers, you know, and he's just like digging through his talking points to find the most appropriate response. And he has them uh, built up. He has a repertoire of talking points. And uh, so does Clyburn. That's, I mean, this is a game. And I've never been a fan of Clyburn um, because I feel like all these politicians are in it for themselves. And to hear that the Black leading Democrat is shaking hands with George W. Bush, who, who led us into so I mean, many other issues. Um, which is a whole that, other show in itself. Asshole, like, like, you know, it almost like, like, you know, put it on my tinfoil hat for a second. Just like the, the, the very, you know, just how Trump will be used as a tool to justify all kinds of terrible behavior um, and to cleanse the consciences uh, of uh terrible people um because at least they weren't as bad as trump you know at least right. they weren't as fucking weird and crazy and in you know uh trump was a trump wasn't a part of the club in my opinion he was, he was not he, he um there was one component that we're enamored with him exactly uh he is part of the club but he's not a part of the club and you know, like Mayor Bloomberg, he, pays, he can afford tickets to the club. That's the only reason he's in the club. He is not invited to the club. We got to see what the club thinks about him um, during mm. that, you know, White House Correspondents Dinner. I mean, they've been making fun of his stupid hair for fucking decades. That's all I used to know about him was he had stupid hair that yeah. was obviously, you know. Uh, manufactured as you put it uh, very much a manufactured you know but but to the point but to such a comical extent to to you know he's like he's like this weird clown for capitalism you know and every day he puts on his face paint and 
um and his weird hair style and yeah right and now that he's gone uh the club can get back to being normal it's like they they use the bouncer to kick him out and now everyone can turn up the music and dj can play their favorite song and everybody can get on the dance floor and just dance the night away again and it's kind of disturbing uh to say this is the way it should be and it's not. And I'm looking forward to see what the behaviors are in the next couple of months. Uh, now we have travel um, because of the pandemic, it's not now, but we do have these travel where you need to have COVID tests to get back into the country. Well, uh, well let's, let's, let's finish just really quick I'll run through the remainder of um, at least Biden's first day executive actions. And then I'm going to read through the first hundred days of FDR's presidency. Mm. And I'll, I'll be interested just to hear what you think about those two individuals compared. If you think that uh, Biden's going to live up to the mounting of that picture on, on his wall so um since you were talking about covid he's going to order a, you know coordinating a government-wide covid covid19 um response an executive order requiring mask wearing on federal property uh, executive order revising immigration on uh, or immigration enforcement policies um executive order undoing regulatory restrictions on federal agencies um, an executive order incorporating undocumented immigrants into the census is just reversing tr Trump stuff. This is the one I like. Uh, executive order refocusing on the climate crisis and canceling the Keystone XL permit. Like him actually canceling the Key Keystone XL pipeline is, you That's know, great. I'm happy to hear thing. that. So, um, executive order banning discrimination on the basis of gender identity or sexual orientation. Good. Uh, um, uh, seems polite. Uh, memorandum revamping uh, regulatory review. Uh, executive order mandating uh, ethics pledge for government appointees. Um, proclamation pulling funds from the border wall. Um, executive order pausing federal student loan payments so just federal not private memorandum reinstating enforced departure for liberians and a memorandum strengthened deferred action for childhood arrivals uh, so that was all his day one uh, executive actions those are the things that he has been kind of uh, you would imagine kind of like saving up planning for to drop on his first day uh, your reactions. These are a lot of things we probably expected. Could have predicted. Yeah. yeah. It's really the only thing that was just like su a surprise uh, was the Keystone XL pipeline thing. Like him. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I mean, like, and, and, but good. Yeah. Like this all seems like sensible stuff, but it's not ground earth shaking. Okay. So, um, Let's let's compare this to uh, FDR. I mean, like you know, an ultimate. It's not a, a fair comparison to compare Biden's first day or week to the first hundred days of 
um, FDR. But by now, uh, FDR had already passed a law into in in you know um, uh, he had passed passed the Emergency Banking Act um, in a week. Okay, so that was what he prepared for laws, not executive actions, not like oh promises and intentions and all this. Um, so, uh, so beyond this, this, uh, here, here are the, you know, some of the initiatives he took, uh, over the, f- uh, first hundred days. Um, he, uh, beyond that, that, uh, banking act, he also took the U S currency off the gold standard, um, um, allowing the government to print and redistribute money to the struggling banks. Uh, he imposed regulations on U.S. banks that separated commercial banking from investment banking and prohibited banks from using their assets in stock market speculations. Um, maybe if you want to comment on that. I, uh, well, yeah, that was pretty big. Um, you know, that problem is trickling down right now, in my opinion, where even Trump printing out four or three or four trillion dollars in the last year um Mm -hmm. which is a lot of money and knowing that if we all went to the bank to go request that cash there's none there it's not enough it's all digits in a a computer so i think that really debased our currency that you know in a way really hurting the this is really hurting the bank robbing industry uh right (laughs) Because, you know, why would you want to steal dollars if it's not worth anything? So it's a way that we exchange for goods and services right now. But is it really a store of value at this point? No, because it's no longer really based on gold, which is the real value. Um, and, you know, when you study money and you look at money, that's that's how it became a part where, and it's interesting to see Bitcoin do the same thing similar to how banks started with gold and saying, here's your user usury ticket and I'll store your gold and Bitcoin, Coinbase and Kraken, Celsius, all these other brokers are saying, we'll store your your crypto here. And, um, but the problem is the people that control uh, the big banksters, they don't really have control anymore over the currency and it's, it's unbanking our mm. process. And we'll find out more about that. But I didn't know if FDR did that. I thought that came along in the 70s when we well, got yeah, the so, so he um, he did a lot of stuff, you know, in terms of uh, finance. Uh, so he established an insurance program for bank accounts, uh, the FDIC. Um, mm. He, he uh, introduced new regulation of the stock market, um, Creating the predecessor or the uh, predecessor of the uh, SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, uh, he created an agency that pr- uh, paid farmers to not raise crops in order to raise the prices they got for their produce. Um, he launched a civilian conservation corps, which eventually put two hundred and fifty thousand young men to work on conservation project. He started a pro- program, the Tennessee Valley Authority, to provide electricity to impoverished 
rural Americans and raise their standard of living. I know, uh, I think a great grandfather of mine uh, directly benefited from that. Mm -hmm. um, he created a controversial program that placed pricing controls on businesses in an effort to raise the cost of goods. He began the Public Works Administration to create uh, jobs building schools, hospitals, airports, dams, and other public projects. And he provided training and direct relief to the unemployed direct relief mm. um so yeah uh it, it's, which it's we're still waiting on a direct relief uh, the majority of people uh, i don't know if and when it seems like that that is getting kicked down the can the can is getting kicked down the road on that as well where they're saying march april maybe may we'll get to it when we get to it and you know for <laughs> me <laughs> probably right now their best bet is to just Buy some stock in GameStop. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, none of this is financial advice. Yes, thank you. <laughs> you will lose all of your money listening to us. So <laughs> uh, I, I feel and that right there is is own rising. Um, we're we're having uh, we're having a, a a Wall Street uprising going on before our very eyes, and. Um, it's interesting to see, Tom. I don't know if you heard, but um, some Reddit trolls or Redditors, I don't call myself a Reddit troll. I use Reddit thanks to you. Uh, the algorithms are pretty impressive on it. And uh, is it. People of Reddit are fine people. And the ones that I don't think are fine, I never see. And so it doesn't matter because, yes, they have, you know, a pretty impressive product, but. I mean, I hesitate to recommend anyone is anyone participate on any social media these days. But I feel like what I like about Reddit is it is anti-social media. Uh, you could you can just go there and not participate at all. And if you want to participate in the very minimal manner, you can just you know upvote, or you can significantly different from Facebook. You can downvote things. If you don't like something, you can say I don't like this. Facebook is this stupid world where you can only like things. <laughs> and I feel like that's just like, uh, you know, these design decisions are what shape the, you know, um, the brains of the users of these products. <laughs> yeah. Facebook reminds me now of like the old roses stores. I don't know if you had a roses, uh -uh. but it's just, it's an old retail store that it just has it's just it was good back in the early 90s but like, like kmart or something yeah yeah it's like roses at kmart yeah it's like kmart and i don't know when the last time you went to kmart but i feel like facebook is becoming the kmart of online social media <laughs> and um you know it's just not a way it's nothing useful on it, really, in my opinion, except for a few things that they luckily slipped in it's there at the last. Warm bodies. That's all they have. Mm -hmm. They have a critical mass of warm bodies. I mean, you know, this is this is why so many stores that seem like they are succeeding, you know, are truly just benefiting from being in the right place at the right time, you know, mm -hmm. and that's like real estate, real estate, you know, right place or location, location, location. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so 
yeah, Facebook is just like was the right set of features um, at the right or presented in the right way. You know, given, you know, you think of it as like uh, being a chemical reaction. It was given the right accelerants and the right incentives and had the right, you know, kind of business model um, to begin with. But then just like, you know, it grows out of control. And then we have, you know, genocides on in Myanmar being carried out via Facebook and, uh, you know, the poisoning of our discourse and you know you know completely unmoderated lies just going into the brains of grandmas throughout the entire world <laughs> exactly and and now even today we're we're seeing more repercussions of social media and and what it can do uh right and, and certainly it can be used for good and maybe this is the down ultimately the downfall of reddit is that now people are going to be paying attention to it i, I mean not that the I mean, it continues to change, and I feel like, you know, I hope that it continues to be a, a refuge for for, uh, I don't know, decent, decent, thoughtful people and some monsters, obviously. But <laughs> right, and right now, um, it, it, the 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 commenters are hilarious to me, and um, the fact that some redditors got pissed off um, when they found out that a hedge fund hedge fund manager or, or company trying to, tank, trying to destroy GameStop wanted to destroy GameStop and make money off of it and they found out and they decided to say we don't want to see it go down like that and they chipped in the people chipped in who are not typically in the game they don't have a hedge fund comp- hedge fund company uh, they they just said, hey, we're going to buy it because we like it. Um, whether we use it all the time, we have a lot of fond memories or not, and we believe that it should stay. And they participated in that process, and they like made the stock go from, like it was $4 probably last year, all the way up to it's like $340 now. Uh, I know somebody who bought like $50 and it went up to 250. You know, I saw the stuff on my Twitter feed and I was like, Oh, interesting. I don't know why they're calling it out, but I wasn't part of the Reddit group that everyone's now part of uh, the wall street. Uh, um, you know, I like, I like GameStop. I don't want to only buy games on the internet. I mean, or, mm-hmm. or through digital means. I, I like, I have, I, I and you know, it probably is ultimately going to go under at some point. Right. Mm -hmm. But um, I think they're, you know, I don't know. I don't, I try not to get too warm and fuzzy about it. You know, a profit driven corporate entity, Um, you know, but um, there's a lot of working class people who, you know, uh, maybe like their jobs working at GameStop Mm -hmm. um, that they like, um, you know, their customers and they have good relationships with those people and they have an exchange of, of knowledge and, and this art form that, that I love video game. Um, I, I, I would never want to take that away from those people. Um, exactly. 
and I'm with you, Tom, where you have these group, you have a group betting against the company and its demise, which will cause them to go bankrupt, which will also cause people to lose their job, health insurance, way of life. Even if they're in what, I mean, it's not like you're, they're, you know, I don't know if they're making a honest living wage there, but it's better than nothing. And to have these same group of rich individuals benefit off of someone else's demise and to see these Redditors outsmart them during this pandemic where everyone has probably taken a trading course because everyone's home <laughs> and <laughs> the YouTube algorithms are recommending, you want to make $1,000 in 30 minutes a day? Sure, why not? And I'm home during the day now, I can day trade. So <laughs> everyone's armed uh, with their $600 stimulus checks ready to go to war on, 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 on uh, the stock market. So, and it's funny because they did win and, um, uh, Chamath, Chamath Patia, always Paul Patia, yep, Patia. Uh -huh. Yeah, he actually encouraged this a lot. He hell yeah, bought Good. in a lot, and he he's a up... working class dude. He's I, I I mean he he scraped himself off the street and made something out of himself. And uh, I mean yeah, I I really admire that guy. And he's just he just is no bullshit, and I'm I see why he has succeeded because he's just he really he plays it straight down the middle um right. he's amazing yeah. in my my opinion as well and uh, he ended up donating his gains um i can't remember who he donated to but i believe he donated to another um another cause so it was interesting the, the to see benefits for for gamestop employees fund i mean like you were saying like the um uh, you know, you hope that they're being paid adequately. I, I have a feeling they're probably not, which is part of why they have to ask us at the end of every transaction, hey, do you want to sign up for our GameStop service? And I'm yeah. just like, no, I don't. I don't want to pay for some service that I'm going to forget about. And then three years later, like, oh, I never really use that. I should cancel it. You know, like, right. Exactly. Uh, I, I don't want to, I don't want to be a part of that. Um, but I feel so bad. And I feel like I, I would rather just say you have a tip jar. And I'm just like, here, let me give some money directly to you. Nice beard, man. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, or blue-haired tattooed lady yeah. uh, right. <laughs> who's really deep into anime. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, these are experiences that we cherish, and in a in a real free market, people should be able to decide what stays and goes. And you know, now that the people won, and AMC was another stock that they ended up saving as well. Uh, now bless that the people them, bless them right people won and now these these groups the cliques of the financial industry want to create more regulatory systems to prevent this from happening happening again and it's scary because they do this every day like you bet against this company completely going bankrupt and you knew that so you shorted the market and now that the people did the opposite and they took control from you, you want 
you don't want them to be able to do that again. You don't want them to play in the same game with the same rules. So I my mean, question yeah, again, like this, this was like us go, you know, this was like there being this, 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 um, this gentle wail that the whole neighborhood, you know, has grown up with that just is swinging around the swims around the Harbor and these sharks organized to take down this whale and so we you know a bunch of people went in and we blocked those sharks right and now they're pissed off and they're hungry and they're like we didn't get our meal and we're gonna raise our hand and say this isn't fair they stopped us from doing what we're used to doing which exactly is- and now we need to be bailed out because of yeah. all the money we lost it's like no this is supposed to be a free market and if that is not a signal that we don't live in a free market or this is not capitalism, then I don't know what else is. And we have a fundamental problem where that's why that's why I think Biden is Biden winning is a little bit dangerous because if Trump won again, everyone would be still all ears and eyes and really advocating for saving the democracy. But now I feel we're 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 almost we're asking gonna take for a ble- it. We're going to take a break. I mean, I think we deserve a break, just to be fair. I think we should. I think no one has Trump a break. Was, Harriet Trump, Truman didn't get a break. That's why Trump we're trying to put on the $20 for symbolism what you, what now. <laughs> what are you saying like, Trump, Trump didn't take a break? Or, Trump was, or, I don't know if he does take a break. He, he, just he was on Max the golf course tweet. for like for one year of his four years in office. For one of those years, he was on the golf course. I can believe that. You know, but the guy had he had a brand that just never stopped, and yeah. uh, he had a platform that he can just hop on and dictate whatever. And Look, now, if I could get away with it, I probably would do this. If, it, if I mean, if it was like video games, you bet your ass I'd be fucking playing video games regularly, yeah, uh, or something, you know, yeah. or doing whatever at recreation. Um, I mean. Golf is just the most exploitative form of recreation. It's just like, hey, we need to get all this water and all this land um, right in the middle of a city just so some rich white guys can fucking <laughs> knock balls into holes. like In their nice little knicker shorts and yep. uh, uh, do business. Yeah, hats. Know? and caddies and all that stuff Mm -hmm. i'm not knocking golf i've never been a golfer but it's interesting to see i might love it i might love it i've never tried well you know i've done disc golf here and there and disc golf is quite fun by the way and a little bit way more down to earth as well it seems like more down to earth more accessible and that's what we're talking about right now even with this financial market the down earth people brought wall street to disc golf basically so, right. <laughs> I mean, so yeah we so yeah we may we the, the 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 what what these what these enterprising internet people did was they managed to turn golf into disc golf they managed to turn what used to be a very exclusive um uh undemocratic um process of trading stocks and and um essentially or what i what i will never not be able to feel is just more sophisticated gambling for rich people like it to me it just it it's just a big casino in my mind um 
it's money for nothing. I, yeah. I, I, uh, you know, because of my working class roots, will never be able to witness or see this as anything other than money for not work. <laughs> exactly. And they make a lot of it. And, and I'm very curious because now this war that is unfolding, even Elon is chiming in, like that group from Reddit has now been, I don't know if they've been kicked off or banned. And it's, maybe it's being quarantined or something. I well, mean, they're not there anymore. And, um, you know, we are starting to see the corral of the, the Bitcoin community come in and say, hey, you have a safe space with us. Uh, you know, you have the silver people and the gold, the, the, you know, all these individuals corral and create a safe space. They're off Discord now, apparently, as well. Um, Wall Street is, bets is up. It's it's up. Right. It's, it's really concerning to see that these big technology platforms and Wall Street collaborate together. Um, and that we're not even mentioning the government piece that's going to come in later because they got pissed off about the insider trading that they can't do. That was kind of thwarted by the people. So uh, it's, it's concerning. And again, it makes me wonder what kind of society do we really live in? And we, I think we need to really take a deeper look at that. And I mean, again, this, we're allergic to the truth here in America. So uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to I mean, talk too much is, more about it. You know, getting down to the, you know, to the very kind of elements of what, what, what this entity Wall Street is, is a way for people to benefit from their knowledge monetarily, right? So, um, is it knowledge or is it just the ability they're, to they're, bet and gamble? I mean, I mean, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say luck is, is a better strategy than knowing. Mm. So, right. Like, and so in that regard, it's probably less, less like a casino than it should be because there, you know, there are probably people who, you know, can very safely insulate themselves from true risk and, you know, they can expose other people's money and put them at risk and, you know, but still break in the benefits, right? They'll uh, privatize the gains and socialize the losses, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so um, this is a problem, Tom. And it is. when you see this in correlation to what Biden Biden's hundred days need to entail, uh, it, it, we're seeing a uprising. You know, I was big into the Occupy Wall Street movement. Um, not too deep, but I was, I was there. I was a supporter. Yeah. And, you know, when they lost me, they lost me when they stopped attacking the banks and started camping out. And, you know, I, I, it was nice to see some of the, the, the leaderless movements, so to speak, but it was concerning to see their purpose get lost and now today to see that purpose reemerge in the form of technology is really exciting because Occupy Wall Street paved a way for this moment to say, hey, we're not gonna sit on your streets anymore. We're gonna take some of your money. We're gonna hurt you where it really matters by playing by the same rules 
you do. And yep. it's exciting to see the people take this power back, uh, especially now in this age of information. We couldn't do this really 10 years ago or back in 2008 or nine. Uh, you know, there was information where we knew that the bailouts were a problem, but we didn't have the information fast enough to compete with what was being passed through our government at that time. So maybe I'm wrong, but it, it, it's nice to be able to have some clever individuals. Um, until until them. until it's. I, I, I fear that until it's not just clever individuals managing to get to win small battles here and there, but until it is clever individuals, compassionate individuals, thoughtful individuals running things and in charge of things that I'm not going to trust whatever sugared pill they are trying to pass through our government. Mm -hmm. To me, I just feel like I'm going to distrust anything any ideas had by Nancy Pelosi and fucking Chuck Schumer and, you know, obviously not Mitch McConnell. They don't even know what a Reddit is, honestly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it's kind of sure. like, it's like, oh, it's some kind of horrible internet hacker society. We need to <laughs> bind it just like we did Mortal Kombat many years ago. Right, right. You know, it's, it's corrupting our youth. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, just like the Ted Kennedys. Exactly. So it's, it's exciting, Tom, to really witness Wall Street really getting beat because, you know, Bernie was a big proponent of taking on Wall Street, but who knew that Wall Street would have been taken on in this way? At this time, I'm sure they'll punish the all those people somehow. Of course. They'll, I mean, uh, we're just waiting for Bitcoin. I'm just waiting for all my Bitcoin to just randomly disappear at some point because the government just figured out a way to go get your stuff because they I want mean, to be in control. I don't, I think the evidence that Bitcoin's pretty secure and not something that anybody can just go and steal from you, that the technology is sound. I agree. I think the evidence for that is these guys who like have $200 million worth of Bitcoin locked away in a laptop that's in a fucking landfill somewhere because they didn't properly secure their, their, uh, their crypto. Uh, that's um, to me the evidence that the the the, the government. I mean, sure, you know, maybe they got your 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 all your codes and stuff, but um, I don't know. Which is going to be yeah. interesting as well. It's these are really exciting times. I mean, and... it is it is just it's all fucking monopoly money. It seems right. like right. It's right. Just, like I was we were talking about last week. It just feels like such an abstraction. You know, once we start talking about money into the tunes of trillions of dollars, it becomes meaningless. Yeah. So I don't know. It's we're gonna watch this situation closely, but so far, um, redditors one, wolf two, nothing to Wall Street right now. So <laughs> I think it's gonna really get more and more deeper as this movement has been created to say we're going to screw you over because now we understand we can't. It's better than Anonymous. Anonymous was hot back in the day. I don't know if they do anything anymore, but this is this is really good. Let's just take all their money. So I <laughs> get it to the people that's not in the circle. 
Well, Jeff, do you think that's enough for, for an episode or, or, uh, or do you want to talk about uh, some other topics? Or? Well, what other topic do you have? We may have time for one more. I mean, I'm kind of interested, you know, in how people are doing out there in the workplace, um, you know, what, uh, how they're coping with COVID. Um, I'm, I'm changing jobs. And boy, it's still, it's just so annoying, just changing jobs, you know, like um, effectively I have to lose healthcare for two months because they have this probation, you know, or, you know, um, and, and part of why I feel like I'm motivated to leave this job is just that they, um, you know, without getting too many, too much in the details, just felt like I had no privacy. Um you know, it was uh, communicated to me that there's a good possibility that someone will be reading my emails uh, once I'm once I leave um, and searching for their name. <laughs> um, to me, you know, that was just like, OK, that's kind of a breach of ethical standards. Um, you know, just being filmed in your own home um, is. I think in a way it, you know, you have to have a lot of trust in someone to, to, I think, bring them into your home in this way, virtually or otherwise. I feel like that's, um, you know, there's something sacred about that. And, and I feel like, you know, some people are much more okay with this than I am. <laughs> yeah. I think you're onto something there, Tom, because when you say, we're all from home now. We can turn on these cameras and microphones or and plug in our ears and all that good stuff. But, you know, during the early days of internet, when you mentioned that, it made me think about webcam girls. Mm. And, you know, that was a fun. Whatever happened to them? I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> we became the webcam. It became Instagram. Who knows? But uh, we... That was a it was intimate. Just a fad. It was a fad, but it was an intimate service. <laughs> I'm not, not sincere at all. Uh, I mean, of course, it's become an industry, right? Well, who knows anymore? I don't know. Maybe. We could probably have a whole episode about whatever is going on in that world. I'm and only sure fans. It's terrible, but yeah, I don't know. We may have to like have. I don't know what kind of next episode we'll do after that, but we need to have something purifying. <laughs> we sure, need to sure. Out. Something holy. We'll talk about Jesus. Right. right. <laughs> Definitely more Bella Daphine and uh, all those other people that are in that world. We don't need to name names here, Jeff. Oh, sorry. Yes. She will call, hunt me Wait. down and call me the, the simp just because I mentioned her name. I was like, I just mentioned your name. I'm not a simp. But anyhow. Um, you were yeah. reminded. Yes. Um, yes. It was reminding me of webcam girls. And it's, it's just one of those things where it was intimate feel. I never did a webcam girl, but they made it seem like it was really intimate where you get to see all my noddies and nudes. Inside my, my 400 square foot apartment. Exactly. <laughs> you know, somewhere on like Ukraine and we're going to do, right. you know, naughty things for 15 minutes and make you real hot to get into the chat. And now here we are doing similar, the same thing and inviting our companies into our homes, which you I mean, know, we're not competing. We're not, no, no, I'm not gonna say I'm complaining from working from home, but it is a, the, the lines get blurred more. 
Well, um, you think about the way that all the early kind or the the early internet based services like when Amazon was kind of marketing itself um when it was you know catching on and doing more than selling books they're like you can do anything you know in your underwear it was always this do but you know do your banking and your underwear right so of course people would say oh i could do sex work at my underwear at home and you know um i'm not providing them with the same uh you know human to human contact and friction that's involved in typical sex work um but I'm providing them with the emotional component and maybe people will pay, you know, not as much for that, but enough for me to live. And since I can have many different uh, people paying for it, I can, um, you know, maybe have the same kind of lifestyle, but without maybe exposing myself to disease mm -hmm. uh, or violence or have to have a pimp to manage the disease and the violence mm -hmm. um, the travel it does yeah that uh, it does uh, seem no. like like a better system uh in a lot of ways so i understand why it took off and has its appeal but um so how do you see that like do, do you feel like this you know, maybe generation of people who kind of grew up with that being kind of a normal form of sex work that, um, you know, that normalized, like, sure, stare into my home and film me. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel now it's pretty normalized. I believe there's a fatigue because it's still work, you know, having to turn on the camera and, perform for your employer at this point. And it's, it, it creates a new level of stress. There's no perfect way to work. And uh, it, it's gonna take us a, a, some time to adjust, to understand what are these new stressors and how and what does wellness look like from working from home and we don't have a lot of data i think the data is slowly coming out now where you know we see a lot of stress and anxiety has increased from all workers uh, especially ones working from home and i believe it's it's concerning that our companies are they don't know how to be more accommodating to the situation uh, they're not really necessarily leading uh, proper ways to encourage what a healthy environment looks like working from home. Um, they're really just saying, did you get it done? Did you not get it done? It's kind of yeah. running the similar kind of way. There's some companies that are adjusting, um, but I think for most you still have the same expectation to perform and you have all these other layers that are now a factor from you being at home that they that weren't there before. And I don't know, it's, it's, I don't think we're going back to the office the way it was, 
So we need to really need to figure out how do we prepare ourselves to manage stress and anxiety of having to deal with that green dot, not changing yellow. Um, You know, your boss jumping in on your chat box saying we need to chat in the next five minutes. You know, who knows? You could be in the bathroom. You could have been trying to take a walk. You know, those kind of pressures, uh, in my opinion, I am no psychologist or anything, but those encourage burnout from constantly being on. And now we have our phones, we have all these technologies, these components that make us attached to any and everything all the time. So we have all these tools and now we have these tools at home, you're always attached. And then there's a special type of person that can deal with that. And now that we're all told to be that person, it's gonna take a while again to adjust, in my opinion. Some people love it though. And some people like, I get to work anywhere around the world. But the problem, the issue for me is you still have to work and you still have to perform. You can you can be in Cancun all you want, but you have to work and you know, you just you still have to work. There's still pressures of work <laughs> come along with yeah. that. So I don't care. You can be working from space, you still need to work. And um that's that's something that we need to re- reevaluate. Uh and we had an episode again about that. Why do we work so much? And you know. And I was thinking about that other day. It's like, why do we work so much for so little? Or why mm-hmm. why do we work so much thinking that it is the honorable thing to do when we, you know, from our previous topic with the Wall Street people, they just get paid to bet. And, and they win millions of dollars. They they live in a completely different world than we do. Yep. Yeah. The, um, because ultimately this, these, what I see are, you know, as invasions of my privacy, um you know for for in exchange for for uh you know being able to work from home um you know ultimately those invasions of privacy are just done to make you know to to scrutinize what i'm doing and and whether i'm producing you know to their to their likeness or um to their liking um but yeah it's i just feel like you know normalizing that just leads to really creepy outcomes. So like example, something that my previous job did um, was gave everybody Fitbits and uh, for Christmas. And, you know, from, I think a very reasonable, normal perspective, you could see that as a, a fine, you know, um, a fine gift for, 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 for employees, but they also wanted all the staff to sign up for this collective run that we were all going to do across the country. And, and so I'm like, so my boss wants me to give them my biometric data um, on a thing that's strapped to me 24 hours a day. You're supposed to sleep with these things. They're also owned by Amazon, who has a fucking deal with the CIA. So I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> like, is that, you know, I mean, and, and so then I'm just, you know, I, I, I catastrophize and I think about what's the worst way this could be used. I can easily think of like, 
examples where I wouldn't want my boss to be able to have this information. Like, let's say um, I don't have any vacation days left. I need a mental health break. I need to just take a day off and I'm not sick. And I go out for a hike and I forget that I have my Fitbit on. My boss sees that I've been, you know, I hiked four miles that day or something. And then it's like, what were you doing? We have this evidence you're fired. I don't know. Right. Um, and that could be used against you. And we know companies always say that companies are machines. They will eat you up and chew you and spit you back out. And, yep. you know, there is this element that you should be able to detach from them. They don't need to know everything. Uh, you know, I'm reading you right now where some companies are already pitching about having the COVID test be mandatory. And, you know, Tom, I'm not anti-vaccine or anti-vaxxer, but um, right now I do have my concerns about this vaccine that really doesn't cure anything yet, in my opinion. <laughs> it seems like, I don't know, but... Well, um, it doesn't cure it unless we all participate. And it's, you know, it's just a matter of statistics, really. It's just like, it's, it's lessening the likelihood. It's really, you know, it's, it's all just, I, I'm going to get the, I'm going to get the vaccine when I'm able to, just because it's the least I can do. Um, it's not going to cost much. Um, that, you know, there are serious diseases that we've wiped out with vaccines, but and, and I think COVID is serious, um, but there is a reason why we do not create vaccines for coronaviruses because they mutate constantly. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and, and it's not a, I'm not saying this is a reason to not get the, and I, we are not giving any advice, no. but, uh, but um, because we are not professionals of any kind, we are exactly. just two dudes talking shit. So. Right. <laughs> But um, yeah, uh, my understanding is that the, you know colds basically mutate too quickly for there to be any reason because of the time it takes to research and develop and manufacture or distribute a vaccine. By then, the thing's just you know over with, and there's a new version on the horizon. And then you know, we're, so so. Um, so let me ask you this then, Tom. If a company asked you, you or told you you need to take a vaccine, my, made my living, my whole livelihood conditional on me getting a shot, you bet your ass I'm going to get that shot. Right. Is 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 there no body, my body, my choice kind of resonate at all in that component? Or no, I'm just discussion? saying it's like I, you know, when. When I'm in that situation, I think generally my instinct would tell me to just go along to get along. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not saying that that's right. I'm just saying that like when you pit people's, there's this thing Dave Chappelle said in his like in his 20 minute Unforgiven piece where he says, uh, he's talking about how he, you know, he interfered with this, this 
this scam these guys were running and this guy you know grabs him and like sees the fear in his eyes he's like a teenager at the time and he's like young man never get it between a man and his meal and that's that's the thing it's like you know don't get between people in their next meal if they feel their meal is threatened i mean some will be cowed i mean it 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 taking two rounds does seem obnoxious um, some vaccines are different from others, so that might not always be true, but, um, like, I just really question the infrastructure to distribute this equitably to actually achieve herd hu- immunity. And the only way I feel like Americans would ever get on board with this to the extent that we would achieve herd immunity, which wavers between like 60 and 90%, depending on what day it is for Anthony Fauci, because he gives different answers at different times. Mm. Um, But uh, for us to actually achieve anywhere in that realm, um, it has to just be free for everybody no questions asked no barriers we just make it free for everybody fine we want to start with the old people and work our way towards the healthy people whatever but don't put any barriers on it just give it away um make it easy i mean these big pharma companies are not about giving away anything and i will be really interested to see what happens over the next 90 days Um, because these have some lofty goals and you know there's not enough education out for the public to be able to feel comfortable about taking a shot Um, and that would prevent them from contracting or spreading the disease and we we really need to do a better job communicating the pros and the cons of this, which we get every night from every other uh, pharmaceutical drug that they try to sell you, uh, where they're all dancing in a park and saying they're not pooping in their pants anymore. And, but they have all these other side effects because they're taking the pill. There has been nothing about that with the vaccine. And there needs to be, not saying we need fluffy commercials, but there needs to be more of a broad understanding of what it is that people are putting in their body because I don't know if I have trust in this government to be able to say here stick me and but uh, but but did you have that concern when you were a kid and you got like the MMR shot smallpox shot polio shot all those shots that like are for serious things I mean like polio was really you know what was ravaging you know our country there there are many you know um versions of this throughout history um uh i something i learned that like the uh the vaccinations like originated in the practice of vaccination like of of taking a small um like bit of kind of like i think they would take like like diseased yeah, it, it was fascinating kind of learning like how we learned to take a weakened version of a disease and then give it to somebody, you know, in the weakened form and then they fight it out in that weakened form and then your immune system, which is just sort of like an, an index of, of 
you know, fights that it's had, um, then has, you know, recorded that fight and knows how to fight it in the future and is better prepared. Um, and I agree with that, Tom. You know, those vaccines when I was a kid, in my mind, I was only going, I wasn't going to get those diseases ever again. And my argument right now with the, the vaccine would be, I want to know more about how you got to where you are. And it's, you know, I have to take two shots, but it may or may not work. It's, it's not, we're still not out of the woods with the shot yet. Would, what would, what would, what do you think would be convincing to you um, like what evidence or what kind of like description of their testing pra practices would be convincing to you? And then what do you think would be just broadening that? What do you think is convincing? Because I think you actually are representative of a lot of Americans right now feel very similarly to you. Just like, or just like, fine, I believe in science, but I'm not going to get it because, you know, whatever. Um, so yeah, just what is convincing to you? And then what do you think would convince the American public to get this vaccine? Well, that's a really good question because I feel if, first and foremost, if we had a little bit more understanding about who is making it. Um, so the who. The who is important here. Who is making it and, and how are they benefiting from it? You know, because I know they're benefiting right. from it. So right. how much is this being marked up to the American people? Right, I think it's going to be pretty cheap. Like, and I'm guessing mm -hmm. that a lot of people will get it for free, but. Yeah, I think a lot of people yeah. will get it for free. And, and, I, and, you know, also I would like to know, just as you mentioned earlier, and just as I mentioned as well, with the polio vaccine, I knew I wasn't going to get polio. With this, I don't know. I don't know. Do we know? Yeah. Um, we, as a whole, well, uh, like seems like the 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 trials were pretty successful for the varieties of this by different companies, and um, I mean it's pretty disappointing that yeah, I mean that you have to get two shots for this thing. I mean it seems excessive because like, yeah, most of the vaccines I got when I was a kid, one shot, you're done. Boom. Um, this, this just feels like, Oh, this is like, you know, um, more annoying. You know, I have to schedule two doctor's appointments or, or I guess go to Walgreens or twice or whatever it is. Um, do I have to pay for it? You know, I don't care, but, can other people afford it? Like people who, you know, are maybe not as econ economically advantaged as I am right now. So. Mm -hmm. so it seems like the issue as we talk it out right now is bigger than the vaccine itself is the infrastructures and the systems that we have in place. Do we trust them enough with our bodies uh, to not do harm to us health or financially? And um, because we we're we're in a house of core house of cards when it comes to trying to stay alive and not go bankrupt, and 
uh, that calls for bigger concern where if people are healthy and they don't have either of those issues right now, why risk it? Um, even though it may be better for the society. I don't know, that's just me talking out loud, but it's, 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 it's a lack of trust uh, in that regard, really, right now. Yeah, yeah, I we feel have like to come this, up. The, the, this is, um, in the 90s, this is something I, I think about a lot. Newt Gingrich basically purged Washington of all of its thinkers basically the brains of our country were eradicated by like two thirds or something like mm. he, 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 he privatized all of this. And I just feel like this is the chickens coming home to roost of all that. Like, you know, the, the, we, we've departed from the, um, you know, the law or the standard that used to be in place in news where we would give fair, equal time to, to competing ideas. Like if there was a, you know, another opinion, another argument to be had, you were required to uh, entertain, entertain and, and give airtime to, to those opinions. We don't do that at all anymore. We don't, you know, we've become so atomized in our, our beliefs and, and we've lost faith in institutions and the institutions kind of deserve it. <laughs> Right. And, you know, we, we've seen the documentaries. We, we What do we have? What was the guy that ate nothing but McDonald's the whole time? Uh, um, yes. You know, we uh, see. Supersize me. Right. The, the ADA, the milk, or, you know, we see all these other food documentaries where we see also these scientists that are bought and paid for to say these things are healthy and mm -hmm. these things are bad only to get you to get spend more money on, you know, they had these, you know, payoffs to encourage people to write these guidelines that will make them eat that way you know as we know from from uh dr joy de Groy, carl von linnaeus luke the uh grandfather mm -hmm. of of our of anthropology is also the inventor of racism right <laughs> right so i mean yeah we're gonna have to do a really good job i feel people are going to just go along to get along uh I do but. feel like the vaccine paranoia. I I I I think I understand and agree with the um, motivations. I understand. I think the perspective that leads someone to conflate the completely corrupted medical industry, the pharmaceutical industry, where 60% of all dollars spent in all medical transactions are fraudulent, right? They, 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 you know, it's highway robbery. We are all pissed off about this stupid bullshit healthcare system that we have. We are all so tired of it. And I can understand conflating that with the distrust of you know a scientific process that is kind of this like you know you you have to do it right it's it's um it's not like you break your arm then you go to the hospital and they fix you right this is a you have to trust our science and you have to get this shot of this mysterious liquid 
um, before the disease comes to get you. I can understand how that preys upon <laughs> people's concerns, worries. And yeah, if we, if you add a profit motive to that, then there's no way you're going to get people to trust you. And that's why I feel like it has to be given away. It has to be made completely accessible and you have to give it away to every bumpkin in every corner of every you know, part of America and you cannot just give it away to the fucking executives class and the, you know, uh, the, the office workers just so they can, you know, go back to having fucking brunch. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that, that's part of, part of what made me feel very out of step at this, this last job is like people are dying by the thousands. We have a nine 11 every day and they're still like, having christmas parties and shit and just acting like nothing's happening and nobody's acknowledging any of it and it's it, it's it's pretty weird but i don't know maybe is, that's it, just me. no it's extremely weird i know we detoured off of you know just uh an invasion of work coming home but you know this is this is going to be the new reality and hopefully there's tools that can be introduced to everyone to help cope with what it's like doing not only work for, but doing a lot of things from home um, yeah because that this is the way we've proven that we can still function um now with this technology and the tools we don't i don't you know i'm a big proponent of not over leveraging technology because you know it kind of reminds me of video game systems. Now we're talking about GameStop again. So when Atari came out, Atari was pretty crappy, but it was a start to build upon, to grow into the next gaming console. Well, let's be fair. When it came out, it was probably amazing. It was amazing. To bought one, right? Right, yeah. right. I agree. It was amazing to have one basketball. So I mean... You know, for me, my first gaming system that was mine was my N64. And it, you know, felt like such an amazing experience because, like, uh, Nintendo was really exploring 3D worlds uh, for the first time. And that just felt like so, you know, advanced. And you just look at it now and you're just like, these polygons are just so obvious. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) but uh, yeah. Um, I think that's what we're going to look like. We're going to look back and see over the pandemic. We're going to see like, whoa, those polygons I hope, are pretty I hope obvious. Someday, I hope someday we can look back at our healthcare system with and, and look upon it with the same sort of like serene sort of like huh that's the way video games used to look huh that's weird you know (laughs) just like um because yeah it feels like we it feels like um the rest of the world has uh, evolved uh you know the global world right has all their graphics have gotten better 
um, over the years, but we're still like on SNES in America. Our graphics have not advanced at all. I don't know if we're on SNES. <laughs> and they're just like, we may be on ENS still. I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe we're just on the Famicom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, and so the whole rest of the world, they've got like 3D graphics and, and, and realistic Tomb Raiders and, um, and, and, you know, and, and we've just got our little like, you know, uh, blocks and 8-bit colors and uh, <laughs> two-button controllers yeah yeah and they're like just just keep playing this game and just keep putting quarters in the machine it's it's okay this is the, this is the best game this is the best game yeah nobody in the world has a better game than we do I'm like looking around I don't know. I think the rest of the world has some pretty cool games. It's really, really cool games. We're stretching this metaphor to the limit. I know. I know. That's all right. I know. Um, But, Tom, um, you know, let's save some for next week. I think we have a lot to build upon. I Um, I think the the tool we should add to our toolkit in this time is compassion. I think we should... Uh, be compassionate and think about you know this last four years of hatred and 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 divisiveness and maybe we can reflect on that and try to forge a new path and you know maybe this GameStop story is a is you know just the beginning who knows I think Uh, so and I'm excited uh, to see where it goes and you know next week Tom we're we're entering in Black History Month, February, Month okay. of Love, Valentine's Day. Um, do you have anything you want to comment on this? I new would like month? to. I, I'm. I'm going. I'm. I've been learning about a uh, uh, civil rights activist named uh, Polly Murray, and um, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna read more about her. Uh, but the, there, there's this quote that sticks out to me uh, that I want to share, and 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 it goes. I intend to destroy segregation by positive and embracing methods. When my brothers try to draw a circle to exclude me, I shall draw a larger circle to include them. Where they speak out for the privileges of a puny group, I shall shout for the rights of all mankind. I shall neither supplicate, threaten, nor cajole my country or her people. With humility, but with pride, I shall offer one small life. Whether in foxhole or in wheat field for whatever it is worth to fulfill the prophecy that all are created equal. Dr. Polly Murphy, Murray. Awesome. Good stuff. See you Tom. next week. See you next week, Jeff. Yeah. We'll see you next week, Tom. Looking forward right. to hearing more about the new adventures from the week. All right. See you in a week. Have a good one. See ya. Bye.